The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. What's up, Smitty? Notebook Wager in here, sitting right across from you. We had a great week zero. We're coming into week one. It should be another fantastic week here for Notebook Wager. But before we kind of get into that stuff, uh, we have a huge guest for us. Um, you know, we've, we've had his co-host uh, a couple times now, two or three times, and we've been dying to get this guy on here. So he's finally uh, able to pencil us in on the schedule. So we're uh, excited to have a former two-lane quarterback, Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Bucks, Sean King. What's going on, Sean? What's up, fellas? Man, football is here. That's what's up. I'm excited. I'm fired up. Let's go. So I'm going to jump in, Q. I'm jumping in right, right away here. Yeah, yeah. Go right ahead. So, Sean, there's a lot of big games, but, man, I'm going to go after one right away that I would have to think you're going to be keeping an eye on. Let's go into Tulane, Oklahoma. And I now you might not like how I'm going to say this. So I'm going to, with a lot of respect here, I'm going to try to say it this way. How can Tulane cover against Oklahoma? Well, let me explain something to you. Sometimes God looks down on the mightiful and the powerful. And he says, you know what? I'm going to spare you from this adversity. Because we were going to beat Oklahoma outright if they had to come to New Orleans. We were going to throw <laughs> king cakes, all kind of stuff at them. They were going to be overwhelmed, and we were going to pull the upset of the year. Now, as fate would have it, we have to go to Norman. I don't like our chances. I think we're in Tuscaloosa preparing for this game. I think it's already been announced that our next game will be played in the state of Alabama. So all bets are off. Uh and that's unfortunate because I looked forward to really beating my chest with both fists after we upset the, in some rankings, number two, number three ranked team in the country. But I, I, I digress. Uh, I don't know if we can cover uh, Norman's a whole different animal from playing at Yulman in a little small 30,000 seat stadium, you know, feeling a little claustrophobic. Yeah, that's we had them right where we wanted them, but now we're in the big house and their crowd's gonna be there. So, whole different ball game. I just hope we go and listen. I'm pulling for us to win, but I just hope we go and gain something from the game. You know, we've got some young guys that are gonna be playing. We got some young guys that are coming back. You know, like the quarterback who we're expecting to make. You know, great. You know, strides this year. So I just hope they go and get some successful stuff on tape and can use it to be a factor in the conference race moving forward. I mean, this is a team. I mean, Tulane's really coming in. I mean, average 34.7 last year. Uh, really good offensive coordinator. Offensive line's coming back. I, I, what I want to see is, can they score some points against probably Oklahoma's best defense they've had in years? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just going to watch that game as an alum and a fan. Again, playing at Norman is completely different than playing in New Orleans. Where we were going to have the humidity, you know, it's going to be uh, – you pull up the two lane, it's got like that eerie feeling like we're about to get beat. 
You know, going to Norman just changes the whole dynamic of the game. So I honestly am not even looking at the spread for that game. I'm just going to watch as a don't get anybody significant hurt and let's uh, get some good stuff on tape that we can use for conference play. Sean, as a former player and a former coach, uh, most recently at South Florida, is it kind of hard for you to watch as a fan or do you kind of find yourself, uh, whether it's your team or another game, really kind of getting into coach mode of like, oh, man, he missed that play or anything like that? Are you able just to kind of separate yourself and just watch it like you did when you were 18 years old again? Well, if you're talking about South Florida, I pull for the players because I recruited quite a few of those guys. Sure. I I don't. I, mean, I don't care if Jeff Scott went. He he didn't keep me. He could have kept me as a coach. And Mike <laughs> Kelly fired my head coach, so he got me fired. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, they they didn't have any love and compassion for Sean King and his family. So I mean, hey, if they do, <laughs> well, if they don't, cool. But the players, you know, I hold those guys dear and true, you know, to my heart. So I pull for them to be successful. So uh, you know how well, that hey. ball game goes. <laughs> They helped me cover a minus 18 and a half with NC State last night. So I appreciate those boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were, it was never in doubt. No, no. Eh, it's all right. It's a rebuild year. All right. Let's move forward to uh, one of the biggest games. We got two really big games. So uh, we'll go with the 331. You have Alabama and Miami at the Mercedes Benz Bowl uh, Stadium in, in Atlanta. What's your thoughts on that? What do, you, what do you have to expect there? Well, I'm the kind of person that tries to learn from my experiences, whether they're good or bad. And my experience with Miami has been every time they get on this stage, they lay an egg. And so now with the question marks on the offensive line with De'Aaron King, who I love, who I got to see in person, but we still haven't tackled. I think he's an outstanding player, but he's coming off of a pretty recent ACL tear. So I'm going to go with the known commodity, which is Alabama. Alabama shows up in these games and the opponent's different, but the results always the same. Miami shows up in these games with big expectations. Is Miami back? And they never deliver. So I'm going to go with Alabama in a pretty easy, convincing, dominant victory. I definitely think they covered almost three touchdowns. Yeah, I'm right there with you, especially with the loss of Gregory Rousseau and Jalen Phillips coming off the edge. I mean, they should have no problems, even though Bryce Young is his first uh, start. He should should, uh, feel confident um, in what he's doing and should have no issues that day. Smitty, you want to take it off? Georgia, uh, Georgia. No, I'd like to dive in. I'd like to go Penn State, Wisconsin. Uh, This is one of the games that we gave out. We're doing, Sean, a little podcast challenge with another podcast, Big Fat Winners. We pick three games a week. They pick three games. This one made our board, and we are rolling Wisconsin. I believe we got it at minus four and a half. What is your overall – opinion on the Wisconsin Badgers against Penn State? Well, it's interesting because I think from a talent standpoint, this is a pretty evenly matched contest. So to me, it comes down to which quarterback are you going to get the best version of? Is it Sean Clifford or is it Mertz from Wisconsin? And I think that's what this game comes down to. If uh, I think his first name's Graham, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. If Graham plays like the guy we saw before COVID, I think Wisconsin wins. If Sean Clifford plays like the good Clifford, the one that doesn't turn the ball over and miss open guys, then I think Penn State wins. So I just think they're they're so evenly matched in a lot of other areas. It's going to come down to who, which quarterback plays the best. It, I was going to say, Sean, an interesting point that uh, Smitty brought up to me earlier today before we started recording was they have a new offensive coordinator coming in. 
And he is implementing almost like an air raid system. And when Sean Clifford came in there, he kind of ran almost like a like a, a hybrid pro spread offense under James Franklin. Uh, so that could be a little change here. You know, he's he definitely airs the ball out, uh, but is that going to cost uh, him more picks? And we know he is interception prone. So that'll be an interesting key. Yeah, and uh, sometimes, and I said this uh, last night on the nightcap that uh, I do with Tim Murray, sometimes when you have a guy that's talented but you're unsure about certain things, you know, regarding his turnover capabilities or his ability to handle pressure at quarterback, putting constraints on him makes him even more tense, makes him even more mistake-prone, even more likely to make, you know, an error. And when you open it up, and just run the system, you know, a lot of times those guys flourish. So this could be a pleasant surprise for Sean, you know, not having to play on third down and medium range the entire game because of a conservative game plan, you know, being able to throw the ball first, second, and third down on some series, it might actually benefit and help him. So I'm fired up because I think this game is going to ask a lot of – answer a lot of questions for me. And I'm probably not going to wager on this game. So the way that I approach betting guys is I'm always pulling for my pockets. And so when I don't know, I just evaluate what I see. Because some of these things, man, if you don't get the preseason, you're just going based on what a kid was ranked coming out of high school or, you know, what you think the maturation process should be based on a lot of different factors. So I think sometimes you just have to watch. And this is going to be one of those games I watch very closely because Penn State and Wisconsin are both public teams. So I think there will be some opportunities to really attack some games moving forward once we know a little more about both. Very well said. Uh, another game we have that I really am interested in, and one team's already played, it's the late night cap game. So you have UCLA hosting LSU. So you have uh, Max Johnson's getting his start. Um, at, you know, he's going to take the reins. And then you have UCLA who played – a, essentially a tune-up game uh, versus Hawaii last week. So what's your thoughts there? Do you think uh, UCLA, uh, even though they, they pounded Hawaii, what do you think they're going to do to a uh, better LSU team? Well, I think it's going to be a little more equipped than they were last year. Uh, you know, they're getting Derek Stingley back, which is huge. Uh, there's no quarterback controversy. So what's your thoughts heading into that game? You know, I view this game a lot like I view Alabama-Miami. You know, I, UCLA has to prove it to me. You know, this is a program that hasn't done anything of significance in quite a long time. They haven't been relevant in an even longer time. I know they look great. They played Hawaii. You know, I really feel like Matter Day High School could have showed up and put on <laughs> UCLA uniforms oh, yeah. and won by a couple of touchdowns. Like, I think the Hawaii program, because of the COVID and some different things, is just they're not what they were a couple years back, where they were a, a danger, you know, anytime, you know, you played them. They're not that team. So, I'm not taking much, you know, from that game. I'm glad UCLA. I'm glad Chip Kelly, you know, a guy that I like that I think is good for the college game. They got some positive energy, but they running into some real dudes this upcoming weekend. And LSU is is playing with a chip on their shoulder because of underachieving last year. As you said, there's no quarterback controversy. Max Johnson, a young guy that I actually have known for a long time. A lot of people don't know this. But he's Brad Johnson's son. And so when I went to Brad's house and we played for the Bucks, Max was a little whippersnapper running around. I was like, you know you got your daddy Gene, so I'm hoping you at least can play varsity high school football. And look at here. He's starting at the LSU University. So 
I'm excited to see him build upon his end-of-the-year success. And I just think LSU is too much. They are deep and talented on that defensive line. I don't think UCLA is going to be up and ha- be able to line up and have a success running the ball. And I'm just not a believer in Dorian. You know, he's just shown me nothing that says if it becomes a one-dimensional situation and UCLA has to throw the ball to win, that he can consistently make those throws and plays. So I'm going to go with LSU. I love the fact that UCLA's got a lot of money coming in. So I'm almost to a point where all LSU has to do is win the game. So I have a pretty hefty bet on the Bayou Bengals. I love it. Sean, so kind of repeating off that a little bit, piggybacking off that game was, you know, so you're not high on UCLA, but two other games, Fresno State heading to Oregon and San Jose State heading to USC. Do you think them playing in week zero is a big benefit to maybe win the game or at least to cover the spread? Yeah, I think so. I think playing always helps. You know, but I think having really good players helps even more. And then that's where I get concerned with Fresno, especially because I wasn't impressed with their defensive effort at all against UConn. Like sometimes when you look at the score, you know, you kind of make a presumption. But if you watch the game, I mean, if UConn's quarterback was even decent, they could have put up 35 points. I mean, they had guys running wide open. I mean, they had opportunities to make explosive plays, and he just didn't hit any of them. So that scares me. Now, where I do think Fresno has a slight advantage is Ohio State looked very vulnerable, especially defensively last night. They look like they're not the normal OSU on defense. So Oregon could be looking ahead in some ways. So I do think Fresno, because I think they can put up some points, could cover that number. San Jose State, this is their season. So I, I like San Jose State to make this a fourth-quarter game and out, actually have a chance to win it. I'm just not a big believer in Clay Helton. I do like Slovis, the quarterback. But, you know, USC just hadn't done a lot, you know, to inspire confidence in me when it comes to just thoroughly and soundly beating teams. Now, I could be wrong. We haven't seen the 21 version. But, I again, I'm a guy that goes through experience. And San Jose State has had this game circled since last season ended. They have enough guys coming back enough belief in themselves that I think it's going to be a tight ball game. Well, I'm hoping, and I gave out today Fresno State, so I'm hoping they can score some points and they can keep it close. And I think you said it very well there. Are they looking a little bit ahead, the Ducks, for next weekend? I hope so. All right, so before uh, – go ahead. No, I just was saying, I'm pulling for you, brother. Hey, you got money on it. Get paid. Cause you know that <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean, last game, and then we'll let you plug yourself uh, as, as you head out because, you know, we know your time's valuable. So the most anticipated game at 7.30 or 8 o'clock, forgive me for not knowing the exact time, but you have uh, Georgia playing Clemson. You've got two Heisman uh, candidates early on uh, preseason. So you've got DJ Uyunglele and JT Daniels. Uh, highly anticipated game. You know, this this could really have implications um, on Georgia for the college football playoff if they lose week one, as well as Clemson, just with Clemson's lack of scheduling uh, toughness. So what's your thoughts heading into that game? Well, I have Clemson going nine and three, so I'm rooting against Clemson every Ooh. week because I want to look like a genius and not a jackbox. So uh, <laughs> I'm be pulling for Georgia. I, 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 if Georgia was full strength, man, this would be my bet of the week, but with Pickens out for the year and a couple of those other receivers banged up and 
Then I don't know what Kirby was doing in, in training camp, but it looks like he went back to the 1980s and got all <laughs> his guys hurt. But I still think Georgia, they understand the significance of this game for them. You know, because going through the SEC undefeated, it's a lot tougher than going through the ACC undefeated. So if they were to lose to Clemson, you got to assume they're going to trip up at least once in the season because of the conference. So that would pretty much eliminate them from the college football playoffs. So I, I do think that uh, they have the dues to get this done. I personally don't believe that JT or DJ should be in the Heisman conversation. I feel like guys that haven't had multiple games playing at a high level as starters should have to earn it. And, you know, I know we live in a different environment and world. A kid comes out of high school highly recruited and you know he goes to college like Spencer Rattler for instance he got benched last year at Oklahoma I mean granted he was playing better at the end but come on like make a guy put a season together before we start calling him a Heisman candidate you know that's how I finished 10th so okay I'm still upset you can tell I'm still bitter that's okay <laughs> being a human you're allowed to do that I hear that I hear that uh two things real quick who do you have Clemson losing to? Because you had the three losses, obviously Georgia. And then who uh, who ended up winning the Heisman uh, the year you finished 10th? Uh, I think it was Ricky Williams. And I think Michael Bishop finished second. Yep, yep. If I'm not mistaken off the top of my head. But I just – I was born at the wrong time. I mean, heck, we had Ezra <laughs> James, Donovan oh, yeah. McNabb, Tim Couch, Champ Bailey. Like, man, it was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. I, and then I was at Tulane before social media, so I don't even know if people knew what our mascot was at the time. I really <laughs> didn't because we had already changed it three times. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. But uh, everybody that's listening to this, if you guys want some entertaining sports betting conversation and dialogue, tune in to the Nightcap 7 to 10 Pacific time on the VEASAN sports app. Listen, you can listen for free, but I'm handsome. Tim thinks he's handsome. So for a small $5 a month contribution, you can actually get the visual component that goes with this. Hey, man, thank you for having me on, fellas. It's been a pleasure, and we got to do it again soon. Absolutely. We'd love to bring you and Tim on again, and uh, we'll make that happen. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, Sean King, two-lane quarterback, Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback, thanks again for having him, and we'll talk to you later, Sean. Thanks, All Sean. Right, fellas. All right, Smitty, we'll, uh, we'll let him go, and then we'll get right into the picks for the rest of the weekend. All right, boys, uh, we had to cut out Q real quick. He's got to handle some uh, business, but we're going to jump right into the Saturday slate of games now. So let's start with some noontime games. But real quick, before we do, thank you, North Carolina, for laying the ultimate shit sandwich down there in Blacksburg tonight. Sam Howell. You can rip up those tickets for any Heisman and move on to the next. All right, let's go. Noon, noon slate, boys. We got a big Saturday ahead of us. Let's start out with a quickie. Let's go Army, Georgia State. Army travels to Georgia State over under 49 and a half, and Georgia State is minus two. I personally took Georgia State on this one, laying the minus two, but I also like the under, but I'm not going to play that. And I got that at minus 110. Thoughts? I didn't really have much on this one. Uh, you know, Army came out strong against Michigan two seasons ago. Just the academy, you never know what you're going to get from a lineup. And then Georgia State should be decent in the Sun Belt, so we'll see. But uh, no play here. 
Yeah, I mean, Army's tough. Army's really, really good. Very tough to defend. I did not dive into this a lot. Georgia State, I think, has a pretty good quarterback, pretty good wide receiver. I know I have one of their wide receivers on one of my fantasy teams. Started at minus three down to minus two. No play for me. If I would give it a lean, I think I'd roll with Maddie and probably take Georgia State here. Sweet. Let's move on to two cupcake games real quick. Cause this, cause we know we have some fans in the room here. Uh, Colgate travels to Boston college. Smitty, I know you're a big BC backer this year. You have any action on this? I do not. I do not have action on this. I do. I do have win total though, uh, BC. So hopefully they can get out of the gate and get a big W and let's try to cash that ticket at the end of the year. And then we'll go over to the other uh, cupcake game Fordham <laughs> goes to Nebraska Scott Frost good job you're going to get your first win of the year hopefully it'll be by about 60 maybe calm down some people but we still officially do not care anything about you and Q would love to see you lose this game somehow all right let's go to the big one though uh, Saturday noon number 19 Penn State travels to Madison Wisconsin to face the Badgers uh, Vegas line right now is over under 49 and a half and whiskey's laying five and a half now the fellas here at notebook wagering we're doing a little rivalry with the guys from big fat winners and this is one of our team plays we actually have whiskey laying the five and a half I think we got it at four and a half I think did we I think we got it at four and a half yes even better so that's in our pool. Check that out if you guys follow us on Twitter. I personally bet this myself, and I also took the minus five and a half. I wish I would have probably played it earlier and got the four and a half, but I'll stick with the five and a half. Yeah, I did play the uh, – I played last Saturday, got the four and a half. This pains me to take Wisconsin, but I, I really think – you know, I've heard a lot of talk about this game. A lot of people talking themselves into Penn State – um, the defense of Penn State really worries me. The front really worries me. Uh, they just don't have a lot of big bodies. And uh, one of their bigger bodies, uh, starting defensive end, uh, I think it was Isa, is out. Um, so I think they're just going to get pushed around by the Badgers. They're looking to reestablish the running game. And, um, you know, Penn State didn't get a lot of pressure last year when they struggled. And I don't think they're getting any pressure this Saturday. I just think this is a tough task. James Franklin does not have the best record on the road in conference. And uh, just lay the five and a half and move on to next week. Yeah, Sean Kane, our guest earlier, uh, really, you know, kind of went into both of these teams and he said it's just a big game. We brought up the new offensive coordinator, a little bit of air raid that's supposed to be at Penn State. So he kind of went into that a little bit. I'm personally not jumping on it. I, I waited, I think, a little bit. The five and a half kind of scares me a little bit. I wish I would have jumped on it earlier. Now, we do have it uh, as a podcast play, so I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it and hopefully Wisconsin can beat Penn State. Good stuff. All right. We go back to our favorite state, though, the Sunflower State. Here we go. Manhattan, Kansas. Stanford travels to Kansas State over under 53 and a half. K-State is um, laying minus three. I personally am a big fan of K-State. I don't have any action on this game. I do believe Smitty has action on it. I would also play Kansas State minus three, and that could change by tomorrow when we post our plays. Smitty, what do you got? I think this game, well, first, I think the game is on a neutral field. Jerry World. Jerry World, okay. So I still like this, and we broke this team down. I really like the quarterback, Thompson, coming back. Um, Vaughn, the running back, very good. 
Kansas State 17 and 8 ATS last 25. Stanford's 0 and 5 ATS in the last five in September. I just think too many holes for Stanford. I'm just not a, I just don't see them being that great. Their win total is not very good. I like Kansas State. The line's really changing in this. So I did put out today Kansas State. I am on Kansas State minus the three. Yeah, I grabbed the minus two and a half last Saturday. I thought this line would actually go up a little more than that. Um, yeah, I, basically, it's, it's I got Skylar Thompson on Kansas State. When he was healthy last year, they were really good. Uh, when he was hurt, they were really bad. And uh, Stanford, we talked about in our preview, you know, a lot of questions around the skill, talent, brand new quarterback. I take the uh, Wildcats in Jerry World. Sweet. So uh, next game on the slate, we have Temple at Rutgers. This was supposed to be played um, – Thursday night, it got bumped because of Hurricane Ida and all the remnants destroying the East Coast. I personally actually had a play on this, and then it got uh, refunded. I actually had Rutgers minus 14. There is no line posted on what I'm looking at right now. I, I did see on some books they had it at minus 15. If I can get this tomorrow at minus 14, I might, might make another play back on this. Noon game. Tulane at Oklahoma. You guys heard it from Sean King and the boys earlier. Uh, I personally think Oklahoma is going to steamroll here. I could be wrong, and I hope Sean King doesn't hate me for it, but I just think it's too much for the uh, green wave. Yeah, Sean went into it. <laughs> you know, he just said maybe he's sitting back and he was really upset the game got moved. <laughs> And he went into it, and again, you'll enjoy the beginning part of that, uh, listening to the show. Um, I, I think I, – I just think Tulane scored well last year in this, but, man, the defense of Oklahoma I think is just going to be very improved this year. I think a lot of points. I think Oklahoma rolls in this. All right, let's yeah, keep no. rolling. Sorry, Jake, have you got something? No, yeah. No, I mean, I think Tulane probably put up more of a fight than people will think, at least at first. Uh, I mean, if you really were desperate, you probably could take grab a Tulane first half of the points, but Oklahoma should roll. This is a nice dress rehearsal for the season. Okay, last noon noon game we got. We have uh, Battle of the uh, the Mitten. Western Michigan traveling to Ann Arbor to face Big Blue and the Wolverines. Brand new contract for Mr. Harbaugh keeps extending them. We love that here. Not really. So over under Vegas, 66, Michigan is laying minus 16 and a half. I personally do not have a play on it. I think the Broncos from Western Michigan keep this really tight, but I do think Michigan's going to cover down the stretch and get a cheapy down at the end. Maybe, maybe even like a pick six to pull away here down the stretch. Smitty, I know you're a big Michigan guy. Let's hear it. Not, yeah, I'll, I'll be sitting. I'll be ready to go. I'm ready to watch the game. I'm excited for it. Uh, see uh, the quarterback come out and, you know, get the ball to Haskins, get the ball out to Bell, get the playmakers. Hopefully they can run the ball. Their offense line's a little better. I agree with you. I think this game could be a little tighter um, throughout. I think Michigan wins the game. I don't have a play on it. I'm going to sit back and watch it and just root on the Wolverines. So, yeah, I do have a play. Actually, I took Western plus the 17. I got it with the hook uh, last Saturday. Um you know, new systems for Michigan on both sides of the ball. A little, you know, we have Bowman coming in um, as the quarterback. Uh, uh, Western Michigan, pretty good offense. I mean, we, you know, they're picked to win their side of the MAC in some places. 
Um, really talented quarterback. This seems like a good backdoor team, right? You know, Michigan may gain control of this team game, but I can see the Broncos scoring points late to cover at 17 and a half. Love it. All right, let's jump to the two o'clock slate. So we jump out to the uh, West Coast. We have uh, Fresno State Bulldogs. We're starting to gather a little bit of attention here after their week zero win. And they travel to Eugene, face the Oregon Ducks. Vegas over under is 64, and Oregon is laying 20 and a half. Another game, no play for me right now, but I know Smitty has some action on it. I actually might look at the over on this tomorrow, uh, depending on how the noon slate goes. Yeah, Sean went into this really well, too, with this game. You know, I brought it up earlier on the show about these teams that already played in week zero. Can it help them? I kind of like Fresno. I, I think. They have the good running back. They got. I think he really has to play well. The quarterback's good. They do have some wide receivers. Uh, you know, I got to see what Brown can do at quarterback for Oregon. Is it? A, and Sean made a great point. Are they looking ahead, Oregon to Ohio State next week? I hope they are. I jumped on Fresno State at twenty and a half. So follow that play. Hopefully, that's a winner. Yeah, uh, I didn't touch this game. It'll be interesting, like you said. Fresno, you know, looked pretty good last week against the – I don't know what we're going to make out of UConn. They haven't played in so long, and they definitely looked like they hadn't played in that long in some really crazy conditions uh, in the Valley there with the high heat. Um, yeah, Oregon will be interesting to see how effective their quarterback is because I think that's the biggest question with them, really. They're pretty much loaded everywhere else, and apparently Moorhead loves uh, the guy they got from BC, the quarterback, Brown. But, you know, I mean, we got to see it. To believe it. I don't know whether the game being played or not makes any difference here because Oregon's is that much more talented than Fresno, but Fresno could be feisty. Okay, so we got two other 2 p.m. games. I don't think the boys here at Notebook Wagering have anything on it. We have Lafayette travels to Air Force and no play for us, and also Rice traveling to Arkansas. Um, Vegas lines on that one are actually over under 49 and a half, minus 19 and a half, Arkansas's land. No plays for me. I don't think you guys have any plays, correct? Nope. I don't. Some interest that that line's moving back. Uh, looks like some, some money on Rice, but, yeah, I don't know enough about Rice to bet on them here. No. Okay, let's get to the big one. Um, Saturday, 3.30 p.m., top team in the country, Alabama. Neutral side game. Uh, they technically are the road team. They are playing Miami. Over under Vegas, 61, and the line, Miami is now up to 19 and a half. I know when the, the Vegas lines first came out on this back in the summer, I believe the opening line was 13. We're all the way up to 19 and a half now, and it still, keeps, it's, it still seems to keep steadily climbing up slowly. I don't have a play on this yet, but I think I could be talked into one. And I think if it gets to 20, I might look for the Hurricanes just to sneak in the back door. But as of now, this is no play for me, but I'm going to sit back and enjoy this one. Yeah, I think this is a game that, I mean, I have no play either, but if you're going to get Alabama, man, play them week one. Because this is a team that, again, young quarterback, can he get by week three, week four, week five, can he really get in the flow of things well? Again, I'm not a big Miami fan. I'm not, I've said it on the show. I'm not a head, I don't like Manny Diaz as a head coach. But man, I'd like to see him hang in this and make it a great game. That'd be entertaining. So no play for me, but I would probably lean if I was taking anybody, probably Miami. 
yeah, I think it's interesting that uh, Miami returns most of their defense. But the two guys they lost are the defensive ends, who really were their two best defensive players last year. Um, so Alabama's reloading. We saw it with Ohio State a little bit last night, where, you know, you got a quarterback who really hasn't played all that much, you know, kind of uh, finding their way during the game. Um, it'll be interesting. I think Manny Diaz will heat him up early to see, you know, just how prepared he is. Um, you have new skill talent almost everywhere in Alabama. I, mean, I think basically I think they went three or four returning offensive starters. So that unit could be a little, a little sluggish. So I can understand people leaning on the under. Um, yeah, I think the Alabama defense is too talented for Miami's offense. They're pretty one-dimensional. Uh, it all revolves around King. Now their offensive coordinator is really good about getting opportunities and attacking defenses. But, yeah, I, I think Alabama at first half will be close. I think they'll pull away in the second half. Oh, sorry, guys. I got distracted there from my better half. <laughs> That's a great, great call. Um, yeah, I actually don't – I don't know if I can be talked into actually anything other than Miami here. I love the under, though, because I think they might come out a little slow, and I think Alabama's defense is probably going to end up the top unit in all of college this year. Let's jump over to Saturday, 3.30, another big game. Number 17, Indiana, at number 18, Iowa. Um, we are, we're pretty big 10 gung ho here just from where we're located. We have a Vegas over under 46. I was laying four. I actually am going to go a little odd here. I actually like Indiana coming out of the gate. I think they're kind of getting disrespected. I don't like them long-term, but I think they may be able to sneak in something here. I don't know if they're going to win the game, but I actually think they might cover it. I think this might be a one point game in my opinion, kind of like a 24, 23. Yeah, this is one of my plays. I took Iowa, so I'm opposite of you. I, I've been I've been talking about this game. I'm not sold on Indiana. A lot of things went right for Indiana last year. I'm not sold on the offensive line. Quarterbacks coming back from an injury. I was extremely tough at home. I like their secondary. I like Ms., uh, I like Iowa, and I got them at minus four. So that is one of the games I posted. I'm on the Hawkeyes minus four. So I haven't played this game, but I, I kind of agree with Matt here. I actually think, you know, I just, I agree with the sentiment somebody said about Indiana being lucky last year. The balances aren't going to go this way. This is one game out of that 12, though. So I don't know if it necessarily is going to correct just in the first game. You know, to me, you know, I you, know, you we made fun of me for picking Purdue out of the West. One of the reasons why I wasn't real high on Iowa is that they've got new starters on both lines. And that's kind of usually a strength of their team. And this is going to be pretty unsettled going into tomorrow against an Indiana defense that returns most of the defense and is really aggressive. They're tough to play against. Yeah, they bring a lot of blitzes. They bring guys from off the edge. So, you know, to me, I think Indiana with the skill talent on the outside coming back with Penix apparently healthy. Um, I think they're in a better position to win this game than Iowa is right now. Now, Iowa, if they played this in October, then I probably would pick Iowa at home. But uh, I think Indiana can get them out of the gate, kind of surprise them. I think they're a little more battle ready first week of the season than Iowa is right now. So you're gonna you're gonna look to drop maybe a little something on the money line there. I th- no, I think I am not. I think I just talked myself into it. So <laughs> I love it. Sorry, Smitty. We don't want to burst. Your uh, it's all right. We'll see. That's good. That's good text <laughs> messages tomorrow. All right. Uh, here's a game I actually like. I'm probably the outcast here. Saturday, three thirty, West Virginia against Maryland. This used to be a big time robbery. A little border war here. Vegas over under 57 and Maryland's catching two and a half. 
I'm actually have I actually already have a play on Maryland money line. I got it at plus one seventeen. I'd love to see it go up to three and maybe them catching a field goal and I might double bet it. But I really just like uh, the younger two is younger, but I'm going to try to pronounce his last name at the moment. So I think Tagaloa. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're much better at it than I. Yeah, Jason. Jason's yeah. on. He on the show. He can do it. <laughs> yeah. Just give me a, a. This is more of a gut play. I think this is a, a Maryland. I'm I'm kind of a sneaky Maryland backer this year, just because of the QB. I think they can surprise some people. Yeah, I mean, I've been tracking this game since summer. I've listened to some other podcasts talk about this game. I like the West Virginia team though too. I like the running back. I like the style, how they play. Uh, Matt, I'd agree with you. It's a no play for me, but I would lean Maryland. I think Maryland wins the game. Yeah, you know, the the line keeps shrinking, so it it makes it look like there's Maryland interest here, but uh, I don't get it. We kind of talked about this when we talked about Maryland. You know, I think people have that vision of Penn State in their head where they kind of just torched them that day. Um, There's a lot of ugly games last year that they played, too, with the same talent. I mean, Indiana came there crippled with a bunch of guys out with injuries and beat them on their own uh, field last year. Um, had to go to Juco to replace their defensive line. Um, that can never be good. Um, West Virginia returned. They lost some key guys. They lost some transfers. They lost some guys to uh, the draft, but they still returned their quarterback. The line's pretty good. They got Letty Brown at running back. I actually like West Virginia here. Uh, I'm a little concerned with the line move, so I'm not going to play it. But if I had to pick a team, I'd actually take the Mountaineers on the road here. Tons of roads. Uh, two other quick uh, Saturday 3.30 games, just because they're actually pretty decent games for uh, betting handles. Miami of Ohio travels to Cincinnati, little Ohio uh, battle, over under 50. Since he's laying 22 and a half, no play for me, but I think uh, the Red Hawks may be able to cover here. And maybe as we get along in the day, take a look at, look at this one a little more. No yeah, play it's interesting because no one's talking about this game as a look-ahead game for you know with Cincy or anything like this is a decent rivalry. I can see Cincy overlooking Miami a little bit. They were fairly solid last year in the MAC. They didn't play a whole lot, but um, they return a month. They're going to be in the mix in that that western side that we talked about or one of the sides. But I mean, like you know, it's a better opponent. Like we're kind of giving Cincy a little too much credit, I think, at this point. I mean. That's the only thing I would say with that. Um, I was I was surprised we don't haven't heard anything about Miami just getting points. I think people were just thinking are that enamored of the Bearcats right now. Yeah, completely agree. It might be a, a sneaky play for me here. I might actually slide a little something on that tonight. All right, last three thirty game. Marshall Thundering Herd plays Navy. They go to actually Navy. The over under is forty seven, and Navy is catching two and a half. Now I don't have a play on this yet, but I know the guys on Vsin. There's a few guys, and I've actually heard it on some other big networks as well. They're really rolling Navy hard, and especially because they're at home getting points. I might look into this a little more after the show and see what happens and post a play, but as of now, no play for me, but that's an intriguing line, Navy getting points at home. Yeah, I think it should be an entertaining game. I, you know, I kind of like the Marshall, uh, the tight end for them's uh, versatile kind of guy. Navy's, again, we talked like Army, very tough to play. It's a no play for me, um, but again, see where the line goes. I, I'm looking at it open two and a half. It's still two and a half uh, under 47. So, I mean, good luck if you're going to play it. I think it should be a good game. I mean, it will be an entertaining game and something I'll be tracking score-wise. 
Yeah, I think the one thing they're pointing to with uh, where you hear a lot of Marshall talk in this game or people like Marshall is because 2.8 yards of carry on the ground last year they allowed on defense. So they were pretty stout against the run. And, you know, that's all Navy's going to do. But I don't know. I don't like messing with the academies unless you're taking the points. So I guess that's the situation here. But I would probably pass on this one. Okay, 4 o'clock. Central Michigan Chippewas go to Missouri Tigers. We have over under 60, and Missouri is laying 14. Now, the guys here at Notebook Wagering, including myself and Smitty, both have these on our tickets. I do have Missouri minus 14, and I got that at a minus 114. I'm I'm a uh, Mizzou fan this year. I think they can handle their business at home. I think Central Michigan is going to score. And I think Missouri's just going to outscore them, hopefully by enough to cover. But this should be a really fun game to watch. Yeah, I'm on it. Minus 14. I gave it out. Missouri, that's one of my official plays. I love the quarterback. I think they score. I think Central Michigan struggles scoring. Missouri, I think, wins. Plus, I'd say they win in the 20s. That's how confident I am in that. I think they win big. I don't have a play on this one, but I, I, you know, you guys are very confident in Missouri, so I'll follow you on that. But I, I'll tell you what, we like Central Michigan a lot too when we're talking about the MAC. Um, it, it's definitely one of the teams that's going to be feisty coming out of that league. Okay, just because uh, we had her on the show, Chrissy Freud from Mississippi State, we'll touch on Louisiana Tech going to stark vegas to face the bulldogs we have an over under 53 and mississippi state's laying minus 23 no play for me but i'm intrigued to see how mike leach does down there in his first game i think he's going to try to set a little precedent maybe do his old up to his old antics and do some running up here if i look at this i'd probably look at the over under total and try to go over the 53 yeah leach is one of my favorites so Hopefully he scores a lot. I like the team and uh, I like him. So hopefully they put on a show tomorrow. Yeah. The only hesitancy I have here is I think historically Washington state wasn't really great coming out of the gate against some pretty lax opponents. Now granted, sometimes that was like Eastern Washington and some teams that uh, a little under the radar, but uh, Louisiana tech, I think is down. I think they're, this is one of their better teams with uh, skip hold. So I think I'm no play for me, but I think Bulldogs should roll. All right. Four o'clock slate. We have UMass coming to the Steel City and Smitty's Pitt Panthers. Vegas totals over under 56, and Pitt is laying 38. There's no way I can touch this game in my right mind. And if I did, I actually think Pitt covers this number. I can't believe I'm going to say it. I'll let you guys talk about it. No play for me here. No, no play. It goes back to like the BC. I had the win total. I gave it out on Pitt. Pitt was one of my favorite win totals. They're gonna they're gonna win big. So good win. Get ready to go into Tennessee. I believe they play Tennessee next week. And after we watched what Tennessee struggled a little bit against Bowling Green, and you saw Joe Milton be Joe Milton. Go Pitt, win, and then go down to Tennessee and win again. Get me some wins. Take Pitt just to win the game. I don't know. I think they cover too. Yeah, I mean, I had the pit over as well. I'm never going to say go pit, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, 38 sounds like a lot for that offense. I mean, they got some stuff to sort out, but uh, they've been pretty good about beating up uh, the little teams like this in their schedule. So Narduzzi has had a habit, though, of being close to the best in these games when he has a big game lurking. And I think the game next week in Knoxville is a big game for them to win and over an SEC team on the road. So 
Um, yeah, this, this is too many points with that game lying uh, wait there. So uh, I will pass on it. But uh, we'll see how many times Kenny Pickett runs back and forth to the sideline. All right, we got a big one at 430. We have the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, ranked 23rd in the country, going to Austin to face the Texas Longhorns. Vegas totals over under 58. And the, the line, I think, has moved down. We now have Texas minus nine. No play for me. I actually really like Texas as a team. I think they get to around eight or nine wins this year. But I don't know anything about them. And especially I don't know anything about the quarterback coming out of the gate. So no play for me. I'll probably keep an eye on this one. And if I do, I and this is only on the running back alone for Texas who I think is going to have a monster year. I think they can cover the nine, but that's barely, that's too tight for me. I think Vegas is right on here. Well, I got the t-shirt on tonight. I got my teaser King and guess what? I won one last week. I'm going to win another one this week. So Texas is in my teaser play of the day. And just remember everybody, I'm bringing the teasers back. Don't listen to anybody else and say, don't play teasers, play the teasers. I'm giving you winners. Texas down to minus, I got it at minus three and a half. And I'm just going to match it up with, I know we might hit this game again, but I'm going to tell you who I'm matching it with. Georgia Tech down to minus 12 against Northern Illinois. That is my teaser play of the day. Texas minus three and a half, Georgia Tech minus 12. Yeah, no, I have a, I'm on the other side here. I got the Cajuns plus the eight and a half. I'm a little concerned now that I see that go up to nine. I kind of thought that line would actually go the other way. Um, yeah, I'm basically picking it because you have a, a first-time starting quarterback. You got new systems on both sides of the ball, and you have a team that, you know, kind of doesn't play up to the hype very well. So we'll see. Uh, Louisiana is a tough opponent. They went out, obviously went to Ames last year and beat Iowa State in Iowa State by two touchdowns. Um, special teams is the difference in that game. I just think they'll keep it close. I think there's gonna, it's just a tough first opponent for a team that's kind of, you know, getting everything together. So uh, we'll see. I mean, obviously Texas is more than talented enough to blow the doors off the Cajuns, but uh, I just don't think it happens today, tomorrow. You made a good point. I'm going to give props. I'm going to give some props to the uh, AD for Louisiana for scheduling these games out of the gate. Good for them. That's a, that's a great boost for a small school. All right, so we have Iowa State plays Northern Iowa at 4.30. Uh, that should be a blowout. I don't think we have any action on that one. But there's a big one at 5. So another West Coast game. We have San Jose State, who won their opening game pretty easily. They're 1-0, and they traveled to USC to face the Trojans. Vegas totals over under 60, and the line is minus 14. I actually have this in our pool play. I'm on the other side. A lot of people are riding San Jose State, including Sean King. I am on the Trojans. I know that San Jose State had their dress rehearsal and got ready to get prepped up for this one. But give me the Trojans and their total talent on both sides of the ball. I'm going to lay the 14. Yeah, Sean just said this is San Jose State's game of the year. So watch for a competitive game. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that coach at USC. So no play for me. I think it should be an entertaining game. I think it's close. I, I kind of agree with Sean. I think this one's close. Yeah, no, I have uh, San Jose State. I think I've got 14 and a half here. Um, I basically took it while they were beating uh, somebody, <laughs> uh, which called um, Southern, Utah. Yes, Southern Utah last week. Um, you know, I, I liked what I saw 
they look like they're kind of keep continuing where they left off from last year. Obviously, it was a very uh, bad opponent. Um, but, you know, Arizona State didn't beat them nearly as badly as uh, San Jose State did. Um, this is more about USC and just the fact that they're not a very efficient offense in the red zone. So I think they're going to leave some points on the board, and that should be more than enough points. for San Jose State to hang with them. And yeah, universities like Fresno and San Jose State, they get really up for playing the Pac-12 teams. So a lot of these kids got passed over by these schools and uh, definitely a big motivation factor for them. All right, let's keep grinding. We got a bunch of games. We're going to weed through some of these smaller schools and try to hit on more of the mainstream games. Let's go to 7 o'clock just for fun. Maybe the worst team in college football. We have the Akron Zips. Facing the Auburn Tigers, over under 55 and a half. Auburn is laying 37. If Pitt is playing UMass and laying 38, I actually think Auburn can cover the 37 against the Zips. They are that bad. I think Tank Bigsby might get a little uh, Heisman hype out of the gate here and maybe go for about 300 yards and four TDs and watch the Tigers roll it up on the Zips. No play for me. I think it's a blowout. Yeah, no play for me either. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see about uh, Harson's uh, taking over Auburn here. It's been a little rocky with all the uh, COVID stuff, so hopefully they can come out of the gate and play well. But, yeah, Akron's pretty bad. So maybe that tells us what we need to know about Pitt. Maybe Pitt's a little better than you think that. Yeah, yeah I, maybe I'm just uh, on the wrong side of the coin for Pitt. All right, here's our here's our good one for us. We have Oregon State, 7 o'clock goes to Purdue. So they got to travel across half the country, 7 p.m. Vegas total over under 68 and a half. And the line right now is at minus seven and really has not moved. Now we here are big Purdue fans. This is another play I've already made. I laid Purdue minus seven at minus 113. I have these in our poll. So we got a lot of stuff riding on the uh, Doomakers here. I think they get it done at home. And I hope Jason's completely spot on with his Breakdown of getting these guys out to the West and maybe hopefully losing to Wisconsin since that's my play. But I think the Doommakers are going to be strong enough at home to cover the seven here. Yeah, this is one of the plays I gave out too. I have Purdue minus seven tomorrow. I just think – I think it should be a pretty good game. I just think they'll get them. Um, you know, it opened at minus four and a half and it's up to seven. Uh, I'm even seeing it jumped up to seven and a half at one time. So – it's a play for me. I just think Oregon State coming, um, you know, kind of cross country a little bit. I just like to play, take Purdue. I think they cover the seven. Jason, anything on the do makers? Yeah, no, I just do. Oregon State just historically hasn't done well when they've left the uh, mountain or western time zone. So I think that's kind of in play here. I think Purdue with getting a big pass. I can't remember his name right now. Last year in the Big Ten, it'll be interesting to see him go out of conference here. I think that uh, here. All right, we got two more games to talk about on the seven to seven thirty slate. I believe two big ones. Let's get to the 731. This is the big one of the day. Number five, Georgia. Smitty's riding these guys high. Clemson Tigers, number three in the country. Over under to me is the intriguing play here. It's 51. 
and the line is Clemson laying three. Now, there's a bunch of injury rumors going around, and I haven't read anything today. Supposedly, Justin Ross might not play. Uh, one of their Clemson's D linemen might not play. Georgia's already without a starting wide receiver, and I heard the tight or the tight end is dinged up. I guess that's why the total's dropping. I actually think this is still an overplay, over 51. And I originally had Clemson locked in at two and a half, and I canceled my bet and took it off the board for now. But I, if I can get another two and a half after hearing some injury news go Clemson's way, I'll be riding that. Yeah, I mean, great D-line by Georgia. Offensive line, I'm not sure, on Clemson. Comes down to quarterback play, in my, in my belief. I'm high on JT Daniels. I think he's going to play well. I know, you know, their top wide receiver is out for Georgia. And they, like Matt just said, there's some other injuries, a tight end and everything, but I love Georgia. I think I'm probably not going to play it. Um, you know, if I do anything, it might be a side play just for myself or give it out to some, uh, some close buddies here, but I, I love Georgia. If I'm going to play it, I'm taking Georgia. I, I take the plus three right now. And I would take the money line Georgia also. Yeah, I, I took this game Saturday with getting um, Georgia with a three and a half. I really like the half because I really think it's going to be a close game. But a uh, little worry about Clemson's balance on offense. Wasn't, you know, NTN had a good year last year, but really didn't have much behind him running the football. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence finished their second leading rusher. And like I said, they I think we talked about this in the preview. They blew people out. There should have been another running back gained at least 700 yards last year. And that just didn't exist. Um, you know, Ulagale is good. We've seen him play big games and he's played pretty well in them. So obviously this is a big game too. You know, George is pretty loaded with depth. So I'm not really concerned about the injuries on their side. I'm a little concerned about Clemson's offensive line and not really having a center to find because that's a big piece of an offensive line. Um, especially the one that hasn't run well. I mean, run calls are everything. So I'm guessing the left guard that's returning is going to be the guy making the line calls up front, which is just a little weird. Um, so, yeah, JT Daniels is probably the difference in this game. Um, if he plays like he did at the end of last year and in the second half of the bowl game, then I think Georgia will win by 10 points. But if he plays, you know, if Georgia doesn't get any play other quarterback like they did at the beginning of last year, you know, Clemson's going to win this game. All right, just because uh, Q's such a huge Florida Gators fan, let's hit this game real quick. Florida Atlantic goes to Gainesville, number 13, Florida, the host, over under 52, and Florida's laying 23 and a half. I think the Gators will probably cover the 23 and a half. No play for me, but we're just doing this for Q. Yeah, no play for me. I, I, I kind of agree. I think Florida is okay in this. I think they covered the 23. All right, here's I one. Mean, I'm not playing this either, but the one thing that's interesting about this game, though, Florida Atlantic, pretty good defense, and getting Nikosi Perry from Miami at quarterback, and then you got a brand-new starter. who played a little more than some of the other programs of Florida, so – you know, you've got a rookie quarterback again going into a game against a decent defense. So, you know, 23 might be a lot. All right, last 7.30 game, and only because the public seems to be really riding high on this, and we talked a lot off air. Texas San Antonio goes to Champaign to face the Fighting Illini, who already had their uh, big win over Nebraska. Suck at Scott Frost. Um, so the, the public really loves – UTSA, which scares some of us here. So the Vegas totals over under 50, and the Illini are laying five. It's a no play for me. I actually think I, if I would have grabbed this at UTSA, probably getting seven or eight, I would have been happy with it. But now that it's down to five, 
I'm going to lay off it. And I'm not sure why it's moving down, 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 other than the public jumping on here. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. Illinois, big win last week. Is it a letdown spot? Maybe. Some people, you know, I think it's a, I think they have a good running back, um, UTSA. So who's quarterbacking for Illinois? Peters or the guy that stepped in and back up and played really well. Um, I, this is a stay away. This is a tricky. I mean, this was one that I did write down, maybe, and I, for what my teaser, but then I just thought Georgia Tech was a better play on this. So this is a stay away for me. Yeah, I, I've been enticed just because of the intangibles of this game. You get the backup quarterback, uh, Sikowski, starting for Illinois, um, coming off a pretty big win, uh, you know, with a program that hasn't been winning a lot lately. Um, UTSA, you know, coming from a you know small G5 conference, you know, Sincere McCormick is the running back you're mentioning. Uh, the only thing you look at, UTSA really doesn't have the defense to hang around in this game. Um, you know, they were good a run defense against the bad teams in Conference USA, but when they played the good running teams, they got smoked. So um, Illinois is probably just going to pound it. They've got a bunch of running backs. They're probably just going to hand it off all game. And under might be the play just because, you know, both teams love to run the football, but uh, yeah, it's no play for me, even though I'm tempted. <laughs> we're, we're all was tempted. All right, Saturday night, 8.30, big game on Fox. Number 16, LSU, getting misplaced a little bit by the Hurricane. They had to leave town early. They go to UCLA. Chip Kelly has UCLA out of the gate quick at 1-0. Vegas over under 65, and UCLA is catching two and a half at home. Now, I, I hear the handle on this is one of the, the biggest out in Vegas right now, along with the Clemson-Georgia game. I don't have a read on this, and I really don't know what to make of this game. Um, I, if I were to play it, I would actually lean UCLA, get the points at home, but I'd like to probably buy the hook and have them get in three. We just don't know enough about LSU right now. How much did the hurricane affect them? Eddie O is not the best X's and O's coach. He, I don't know. He really rode Joe Burrow to prominence. And after that, he's kind of just been mediocre and no play for me, but look out for the Bruins at home. Yeah. Sean went into this game too. Kind of likes LSU. Like I agree with Matt. What do you have at LSU, you know, coming cross country here? Do I think UCLA is going to run the ball like they did against Hawaii? Well, no, because it's LSU and it's not Hawaii um, that they're playing. So, Tom, you know, Thompson has to throw the ball better than he did against Hawaii if there's any chance. No, this is, for me, I'd probably lean LSU, but this is sit back on the couch and enjoy the game. Yeah, no, I grabbed UCLA uh, getting four and a half during their uh, game against Hawaii, basically for that reason, because I figured this line was going to come down after seeing them kind of destroy the Rainbow Warriors there. You know, I, I like UCLA in this game. I liked them when we did the preview for the Pac-12. I thought it was kind of a look-ahead moment. We talked about this game being a big game. Um, you know, LSU was five and five last year, and they looked awful at times. Their defense looked atrocious at times. Like, you know, and you, everyone brings up how talented they are. But, you know, where was it last year? It was just as talented as they are this year, and they were terrible. Um, yeah, I think with the hurricane and everything else, and like Mac kind of alluded to, you know, you don't really know how good of a coach Eddie O is. He kind of caught fire during the uh, 2019 campaign when they fifteen 15-0. He had everything. Everything he did worked that season, and they had really good coordinators. They had Dave Aranda on one side, and they had uh, – what's it called? The kid from uh, – he's the offensive coordinator of the Panthers. Now. I can't think of his name right now. 
Um, but they don't have that now. They've got two brand new coordinators again for the second year in a row. Neither one has been an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator at the FBS level ever. So, you know, you're going to get Chip Kelly, who's an X's and O's guy. So to me, you know, you get a lot of things on UCLA side here and, you know, getting four and a half points. I think that covers it. Even if it's just a close game, LSU pulls it out. I think four and a half will at least get you home. Um, but I can see UCLA winning this. Now, my one concern is that DTR was awful last week against Hawaii. Um, he can't be that bad for them to win this game because he'll just, LSU will cash in chances that he gives away. Love it. All right, let's jump to the Saturday night 1030 game. The only reason I'm bringing this one up is because I personally have a play on it. BYU plays Arizona, and this game is in Vegas. And um, – some people out there have said basically BYU fans have taken over Vegas right now and are on there on like a holiday and they're going to pack this stadium. And I actually laid 13 and a half and the number is down to you uh, BYU laying 12 and a half. I wish I would have waited now, but over under 54. Give me the, give me the Cougars uh, tomorrow night. I'm a, I'm a big fan of them. I uh, dug into them a little more because they seem to play all the pac 10 teams. Pac-12, sorry, and I think they, uh, I think they can pull one out basically on a neutral field. You know what? That might be the Cinemax through the lines play of the day because I yeah. don't have a late night game. I'm looking at some just to throw something out for somebody, but Matt might have just thrown in the Cinemax play of the day there. So, no, I agree. I like. I'll take BYU. Uh, I'm not playing it, but I would take BYU. It's too many points for me. BYU should win this game. Arizona is a train wreck. Um, but only 11 returning starters for BYU, which is kind of crazy. I mean, they lose Zach Wilson, which is a huge loss, obviously, with number two draft pick overall the NFL. Um, yeah, just too many points. I, I could easily – I could see them also covering this with ease just because of how bad Arizona is. All right, Smitty, I got another late night play for you. Saturday night, 1030, FS1 channel. Nevada against Cal, over under 52 and a half. Cal is laying three and a half at home. And I'm a big sneaky fan of the Nevada Wolfpack. I actually think if I'm going to make one more money line play of the day tomorrow, it's going to be the Wolfpack on the road. Well, I know big fat winners. This was Skippy's play. Skippy really likes Nevada in this game. And that's one of their plays. Um, They had a winner last night with Ohio State. We also did with NC State, so we're both 1-0. But this was one game that Skippy really likes. Yeah, I agree. I I think Nevada, he's talked about it on their show and researching them. Great quarterback. They bring back a lot of uh, people. This is a scary play for Cal. I'd watch out here. I think Nevada could get him. My only concern is that it hasn't Nevada been really disrupted by the, the wildfires out West. Like they've had to cancel practices and things like that. I just, I don't know. They're, they're stepping up in competition a little bit, playing a Pac-12 opponent and they're playing them. What are they playing them at Cal, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. I just, you know, so Cal's interesting in that, you know, they're not very sexy, but they're usually pretty solid. Um, and I think strong, I think they're a little dinged up too. I think some Nevada's like strong has had some issues too with injuries mm-hmm. as well as a lack of practice. So it's a no play because of all that stuff, but I could easily see Nevada going in there and winning it. Um, you know, especially that late at night, Pac-12, you know, after dark, you never know what's going to go on, but uh, yeah, that's a no play for me, but I'll definitely probably be watching it. Or Cinemax, one of the two, whatever, Jason, we'll see. <laughs> All right, we got two more games to go, and then we'll wrap this up. So we have a we have a Sunday play, uh, Notre Dame, number nine in the country, 
plays Florida State. Florida State is actually getting a touchdown. They're getting seven here. No play for me, but I just wanted to throw it out there. Maybe we got some diehard Catholics listening. There's a huge ND fans everywhere. So we'll just give them a little shout out. No play for me. What do you guys think? This game has crazy line movement. It's been like up and down the whole time, yo-yoing. And I don't know what's driving it because we don't know who Florida State's quarterback is. Is it Milton or is it uh, can it, can, who started last year, Travis, I think. Um, so are they going to be more run dominant or with Milton, are they going to be more pass? You know, North Notre Dame, I think, has the fewest returning starters outside of New Mexico State, right? So yep. you don't really know what you're going to get there. You probably know it's going to be boring, uh, pound the ball, offense and you know brand new defense to bring it over to Cincinnati 335 you know Florida State has been kind of a train wreck so I, I this is gonna be probably a really boring game on TV because I don't think you're gonna see a lot out of either team um and I don't understand all the points moving back and forth there's no this is a long way to say it's a no play for me but I'm just intrigued because we really don't know what to make of either one of them they're they're both talented programs I mean Florida State even though they're down they still recruit fairly well um, so I can see this game going either way just because of Notre Dame's losses and Florida State getting a full year to put in, um, or well, I guess it's year three under Norvell. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of people liking Florida State. This is a no, this is a no play for me. I'll sit back and just kind of try to see what both of these teams have. It's a big game for Florida State. I mean, if you can get this one and try to get that program heading back into the right direction, you know, but you know, I think the kid that's going to be quarterback in Notre Dame, I mean, played well at Wisconsin um, a couple of years ago. So, I mean, like Jason, two big programs. Uh, it's it's a pass for me. Sit back and just kind of see what happens with this one. All right. Last one. Monday night. I'm going to call this the slump breaker game. What if you had a really bad weekend? You need to, to get a little coin back. So we have Louisville going down to Ole Miss. We got the Lane Kiffin show kicking off. Vegas total. This should be fun to watch. Over under 75 and a half. <laughs> and Ole, Ole Miss minus 10. Give me the Rebels out of the gate. And only because Lane Kiffin is so crazy and loves to just turn people off. I, I can see him putting up a 50 spot on these guys. Maybe a 50 to, to 30 type game here. I, I'm I can't wait to actually sit down after a day or, or a day off maybe having a couple adult beverages, getting home and watching uh, the old Rebels run it up. Yeah, this would be – I haven't even looked team points. Uh, you know, this was one of our plays on notebook wagering in the contest with uh, big fat winners. I, I, I like old Miss. But this would be one maybe you didn't look at the team points because I agree with Matt. I, I think national TV game, He's the lights are on him. I think he could throw up, like Matt said, 50, 50 points in this one. I, I could be way off here, but I think Louisville's garbage. So I think Ole Miss is going to blow their doors off. And uh, the only thing that's going to probably – the over is probably a good play just because Ole Miss's defense was atrocious last year, and they will they will carry your opponent into scoring points while they score more points. So, um, yeah, I, I don't like a lot about Louisville. I don't like the direction they're headed with their program, and I think Ole Miss is definitely heading up. And if they can get a defense that can play at least average – they should have a really nice year because the offense should be super potent. Love it. Love it. That's the slump breaker game. You guys have a bad weekend. Load up on Ole Miss on Monday night. Who's going to have a bad weekend? No one's going to have a bad weekend. I didn't say – I said if. There was a big if in there. <laughs> All right, boys. Good stuff. Let's wrap it up. Get this show out. 
And uh, let's find some winners. Check out our podcast with Sean King. You got the boys here at, at Notebook Wagering. You got at Smitty Bucks, at JCam34. I am if you follow Matt. We also got Q Mills on the hook, too. Hope you guys kill it this weekend. Get at us. You can also find me at Notebook Wager JCam on Twitter. So that's you'll see me responding there more. And, uh, yeah, no, it should be fun. There's a million games, and hopefully we can bet them all. But uh, probably won't. But and if we don't bet them all, at least win them all. <laughs> Good luck, everybody. Have a great weekend. And we're going to fire on Twitter a lot. So sit back, enjoy the games, and find those winners. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.